You're listening to Agile Ideas, the podcast, hosted by Fatima Rabucci. For anyone listening out there not having a good day, please know there is help out there. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Agile Ideas. I'm Fatima, CEO at Agile Management Office, mental health ambassador, and your host. Since I was very young, I knew I wanted to be the boss. As a young girl growing up in a migrant family, I was always dreaming big. My family wasn't very well off. My dad worked two jobs to make ends meet. And my parents came to this country and had six children. I was the middle child of five girls until my little brother came along many years later. Growing up in a family full of children, it was always about trying to find new and exciting ways to keep ourselves entertained. For me, it was all about creativity and thinking about ideas and competitions that I could enter. And thinking back to those early days, which I'll talk through today, is a little bit of the entrepreneurial aspects of me that came out from as early as the age of seven. That inspiration for being an entrepreneur really started breeding from inside from an early age and has helped me get to where I am today. But that journey has not been without its ups and downs. In fact, I've had so many failures with my first business that I established back in 2012. And today's episode is about sharing the reasons why I had failed in business and why I continued to get back up in hope that this information, this insight and this experience can be beneficial for you either looking at starting a business, maybe you're already partway through your business or maybe you're looking to scale. Because I think a lot of the lessons that I've made A lot of the learnings I've had are things that other people could probably benefit from so they don't make the same mistakes. So hope you enjoy and I am looking forward to sharing a little bit more starting with the six children. So yes, as I said, one of six children, meaning we had a lot of fun times trying to come up with games and activities that were free. My parents couldn't really afford to take us to many, you know, places we didn't get to go to Queensland you know um, Queensland Adventure Parks or anything like that it was always about finding things that were free because with six children if you buy one thing for one you tend to have to buy it for the other so it was really important for us uh, as a family to find ways to entertain ourselves when I was seven years old I recall my first experience running a business hold on a minute I know what you're thinking running a business and you were seven years old, I actually did run a business, even if it was pretending. I actually opened my first cafe. It was called the Garden Cafe. We had a large backyard and in the yard, my employees, in brackets, my sisters, would create the most creative dishes from mud, sticks and bugs. Anything that we could find to make a tasty treat that we would then sell to our cousins in exchange for stones. We'd use also one cent and two cent coins to sell our meals for money. Our specialty was a tasty mud and sand crumble wrapped in green leaf. You could say it's a bit like a betel leaf that you'd get in a Thai restaurant today, except ours wasn't edible. This business clearly didn't take off, although bugs are being more readily available today, so maybe we're on to something, who knows? 
I don't think I'm game enough to try it though. But ever since I was little, I always remember being the bossy child for as long as I can remember. I, I don't call it bossy. I don't like to call it bossy. I think it's about taking the lead. And I remember many, many times, in addition to my garden cafe, that entrepreneurial spirit coming out, including many other situations where I would make and sell cupcakes at the local fete. I remember when I was young, I used to line up children at birthday parties because my sister and I were only a month apart, um, a few years and a month apart, but our birthdays would tend to be run the same weekend. So my mum would, wouldn't have to make um, two parties. She'd make one with two cakes. And I remember that when it wasn't my birthday, uh, I would actually, because my sister was such an introvert, I would actually take the lead and I would line up the children in an orderly fashion and take turns playing with imitation Barbie dolls that um, then I would basically direct how and when they could play with those dolls so that everybody got a fair shot. When I was in year five, I won a competition to be the teacher for the day and I got to teach the class for just over two hours. And then my fondest memories in primary school was not only taking the lead in in school plays, but actually also working in the school canteen until one of the other students decided to ruin it for us. So it's needless to say that having an entrepreneurial spirit was something that was inside me. I don't think that you are born with an entrepreneurial spirit or you're not. I think you can definitely um, build that in, in life and actually create that opportunity for yourself if that's where you want to go. But the thing that you need to know, particularly when you're looking at starting a business, and I wish I'd knew, known this back then, is you need to know what it is exactly that you're trying to do with your business. I had no idea that what I was about to do was going to be a business. I just remembered thinking to myself and maybe not the right reason, but I remember remember contracting for, for a company who was, was basically contracting me out and just making, making, um, making a good amount of coin on, on my time. And I just thought, why can't, why can't I earn that difference? Why can't I actually benefit from that? Um, it wasn't really an idea to start a business, but I thought, what can I do so that I could be the one that's, you know, in charge of my earning potential? And so really early on, I thought, well, I know a lot about project management at that point, And I really like the idea of small businesses. So I thought maybe I could do project management in services for small businesses. That was after I'd already thought about many other ideas around what I could do. So thinking about selling project management services to small businesses was one idea. And maybe if I'd focused my energy and attention on it, it may have been successful. But in fact, what I didn't do is I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a vision. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have any goals set for myself to help me prove or disprove whether the business was successful. In fact, I didn't have any of that guidance or guidelines. I tried to go it alone because at that point, I didn't know that you can go and ask for help or that you could get a mentor or any of those things. So what I did was I also, after creating and spending money on a logo, I remember having someone in my team who, my team as in 
in my corporate role, I was a manager at a mining company. And one of the, one of the interns was who, who ended up working for me in that company actually knew a lot about websites and he convinced me that setting up a website would be something he'd be happy to do and did in his spare time. Now the website looked fabulous and it was really exciting to get a website up and running. The website though didn't really clearly outline what it is that we were doing. It was a really big mishmash of things. Had I focused on project management and focused on a particular niche, maybe it would have progressed well. But instead, I went from doing project management consulting and running events and selling shoes or started to, sorry, started a business plan to sell shoes. I also hosted hens parties and I was just trying to find any way of earning an income from a business, even though I maintained a full-time job. So I did a lot of this in my spare time. What I'm trying to say here is I started a business for the wrong reasons. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I thought being a boss was something that I wanted. And that's why I didn't give up after setting up the first business, but rather I persisted with it for many years whilst maintaining my full-time job. So what were some of the issues or the challenges that I had experienced when running this first business? Well, one of those things is marketing. Now, I had very little knowledge and awareness of marketing and what it was and how it works. Obviously, I'm a consumer of many different products and services, and I knew that those those marketing um, and the channels that you use for marketing are things that help convince you to buy something, but I just didn't know how to work it. I didn't know how to create awareness or I didn't know how to bring customers through our front door. I didn't know what to do around marketing. So I did something that I don't recommend. And I immediately proceeded to outsource my entire marketing strategy. Now, I outsourced my marketing strategy, not to a marketing consulting company that probably has done this for many years and knows what they're doing. No, I didn't do that. I didn't have money for that. I was a small business and I was trying to find my feet. Mind you, I started this business at the same time that I was running and planning my wedding as well, plus working full time. So I was trying to do everything at once. And again, it wasn't really as effective as it could have been had I had all my focus on this business. So back to the marketing, the outsourced marketing. Now, outsourcing is something that is very common, be it small business all the way through to large businesses. Outsourcing is not the problem part of what I'm mentioning it. The problem part of it is I didn't actually create any efficient processes that would make sure that my data and my information the information around how and where our business would be featured was managed. There was no clear guidelines that I set for this marketing consultant. Now, I will call out that outsourcing marketing, I did do that, but I didn't go for quality. I didn't outsource to an efficient marketing company. I didn't look for marketing firms. I actually didn't really even interview many people. All I did was found a offshore contractor through a third-party platform and I proceeded to engage them specifically to help me with marketing. 
Now, what happened as a result was very bad. Yes, the company was featured in a lot of different places. If you look up our company name, it was Buchico, B-O-O-C-H-I-C-O. Now, I know that sounds like a clothing, a little children's clothing shop or something. Um, But anyways, so our marketing consultant, he went and basically registered our email address and our company in every single place you can imagine. We were on on websites all over the world. We were registered in places that were not even relevant to what we were trying to do. We were featured in so many different places, not featured in a good media way, just listed. And what that meant is the junk mail and the spam continued to come in And it was so unhelpful because we were not targeting any particular customer. I'm going to get to that in a minute. So the marketing was not only was it an issue from the perspective of where he was placing our details and I had no visibility of and didn't actually really pay attention to it. And a big lesson for me, which is very much learned the hard way. But when I went to cease the contract with this consultant, this contractor um, via that platform that I was using, I actually received a somewhat form of negative response from them where they threatened to not hand over the passwords for those sites and where the data for our marketing materials and whatnot was kept. So a big lesson there is, is it's just giving out that sort of um, accessibility to your marketing content or any content for that matter is not a good idea. And I really had a little bit of a challenge with that person to get them to hand over the password files and that information. So that was a big issue. So when you're outsourcing, be really careful about how you go about it. Use reputable sources, have good contracts in place and make sure that you are maintaining oversight and control and you clearly define processes for how and what that person will do and make sure you're taking stock of it regularly. Don't do what I did and let it go for several months, even though it might be a little cost because you're using a a more cost-effective resource and then not pay attention to what they're doing and then trying to get that information back. The other thing that was a big challenge is I mentioned not knowing who my customers were. So in my first business, I didn't have a clear view on who the customers were. I did mention small businesses, But still, small businesses in what industry? Is it small businesses in the industries I'd worked in or other industries? Are we talking about small artisans that work from home? Is it, um, you know, health and fitness? Is it marketing uh, consultancies? Is it, what, what exactly am I trying to target? If you don't know who your customers are, it's going to be very hard to market to them. And so that was a big problem. I didn't know who my customers were. So what happened was I then went down the path of doing anything and everything for customers that did reach out to us. And I remember I was selling bookkeeping services and that didn't go very well. Why? Because that's not an area of our expertise. But I was able to engage a customer and have them on board someone who I found for them. And it was a skill set that we didn't have at the time. And so we had to pull our faith and trust in this company and this engagement and it didn't work out either. The other thing as well is 
I keep mentioning processes. We didn't have any efficient processes to how we would run this. It was sort of make it up as we go. And this was because of time, lack of time, lack of money, lack of resources. So we wasted a lot of time. A lot of time was wasted during this process of trying to find our feet and work out what we are trying to do. It was a really challenging time. Not only didn't we have a customer base that we knew that we were trying to target, we didn't have a vision. We didn't know how to sell. We had poor use of technology. I think I registered for over 30 or 40 different technology subscriptions that I thought were going to help with solving problems for us, but they didn't. And ultimately, we didn't actually deliver what we were setting out to deliver, which wasn't clear to begin with. So ultimately, the business itself wasn't going anywhere fast. And it's case in point that I didn't quit my job to go into this business full time. Now, I watch a lot of Shark Tank and a lot of Dragon's Den. Big fan of those shows. And I'm always interested when most times they question the entrepreneur that has stood in front of them and they question them about whether or not they're in the business full time. Now, you know, I, if I hadn't had my own experiences with my failed first business, then I probably wouldn't understand the reason they're asking, but I can see why they're asking now. If you're not ready to commit to your business full time after two or three years, which is how long I went while working full time, then you're probably not really on the right path. I mean, there may be some exceptions, but if you don't believe enough in your business that you're willing to do it full time, then why would sh- why should anyone else believe in it? And that's kind of what I felt at that point in time. Ultimately, as an entrepreneur, I'm passionate about taking on new challenges. And I remember back to when I was little, I, f- I was about 11 years old and my younger sister, my cousin and I were playing in the backyard and we noticed an injured bird, a pigeon actually. The bird seemed to have a damaged wing and it was unable to fly. Overwhelmed with the sadness, we carried the bird and placed it into a shoebox. We then ran inside and demanded that our parents help the little bird. The bird needed a vet. Our parents could see the concern on our faces and promised to take the bird to the vet the following day. Unfortunately, the next day, we woke up and found that the bird had passed away. We were really sad. So I wanted to do something to raise money to help other birds, effectively donating money to the vet that were injured. So that that school holidays, I decided to set up a fundraising concert. So it was my first event at 11 years old to honor the memory of the bird and raise money that could be uh, used to help other birds and other animals. We We named the bird after the first two initials of our names. And we decided to run a number of different Uh, run a number of different mini events within it we had a mario and luigi comedy sketch we had dance numbers by michael jackson some singing we also choreographed and dance i also choreographed the dance routines and taught the other performers we had to make money so we decided to sell raffle tickets for a month before the show in addition to the show i knew we needed food and drinks so i convinced the mothers of our family group to cook delicious lebanese treats and the fathers cooked a barbecue for our guests My mother arranged for several raffle prizes. Many were donated by our parents. On the event day, we had a stage set up, music was ready, costumes were made. We sold tickets to our local community group and other parents who were also attending the show. By event day, we'd sold around 50 tickets. It was a really big success. 
it was my biggest entrepreneurial experience and really, really cemented my view on wanting to be an entrepreneur. In business today, in Agile Management Office, we are in a much different place. There's been a lot of challenges that were experienced in the first business that I could not have known were going to happen and I could not have known that those lessons and learnings were in fact going to significantly help me in my business today. In Agile Management Office today, we have a large following with high engagement scores when it comes to marketing compared to some of our peers in the industry. We have repeat customers, a clear vision and mission, and we've been featured in a number of different media publications. We've also partnered with the top 75 European university. Ultimately, today, I know what our vision is and I know what our mission is. I understand more about marketing now than I've ever known before. I also understand more about sales, although I am still learning. We also have clearly defined processes, framework, and our own methodology. And best of all, we have an amazing team. Some of those team members are from the first business who actually continue to support me on my entrepreneurial journey, despite my many challenges and the many times I've fallen over. So when we think about business and we think about falling over, my example is a really small one. There are many other businesses out there that have lost thousands or hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars. These are entrepreneurs that are pushing the limits every single day with their vision and their dream and what they're trying to achieve in the world. Albeit my story and my examples are a lot more minuscule in comparison, the learnings and the way we apply our learnings is the same. Ultimately, when you want to start a business or you are in a business, you need to have some clear things in place. First and foremost, a vision and a mission that your team can stand by, your team can follow and that your team can support you with. If you don't have a team, that's okay. But having that clearly defined vision and mission to start off with is going to make an absolute world of difference for you. Trust me, I've been there. I understand that. Once you've got your vision and mission, it's about what are the objectives you're trying to achieve and over what time period? What are the key results that you need to meet in order, you need to meet and be able to measure in order to reach that objective? Something known as OKRs, which is something that Google actually introduced us to and introduced the world to. It's about having clarity on what you're trying to achieve over a particular time period. That may be over the next 90 days or maybe over the next 6 to 12 months. Then you need to think about who are your customers and what is the value proposition that you are providing those customers. If your value proposition is what you think it should be, then you're not going about it the right way. A value proposition is something that your customers are telling you they need, they want. You need to think about it from their perspective. What are the challenges they're having? What would make their lives easier? What would make their jobs more effective and efficient? What are the things you hear them complain about? They're the things that are pains. And then when you think about the things that are going to help improve the way they work, ultimately gains for them. Putting those two things together 
with the customer in mind. I mean, go out and speak to your customers. Go and ask them what they want, what is actually going to work for them. Something that we've definitely been doing. Bringing those things together helps you to build out your value proposition. Then you need to think about having your business's vision and mission and the value proposition tied to outcomes. And those outcomes are what helps you to understand if you have effectively put in place something that is going to help that client or those customers. To do that, there is a lot of different steps that you can take. In business, typically, we often get busy and uh, often overwhelmed and we often may find that we're focusing on the things that seem important, but ultimately they're not so important. For example, I got involved in my first business on all the fluffy stuff, the fluffy marketing stuff. And I mean, not marketing in general, but I, I remember creating, you know, stress balls and stickers and fancy business cards. They were not helping my business. They were not going to help me secure customers. They were not going to help me define my vision and mission. That was just fun stuff. And that probably comes from my underlying passion for events. In business, once you've defined your value proposition and you know what you're trying to achieve, you need to plan out the key activities that are going to help you get there. Those key activities need to be clear enough that you can measure the success of those activities and whether or not you've met them and you've achieved them. And that's why the objectives and key results is a really good way of doing that. You can look up on that online and it'll tell you a lot more about it. It's a really efficient tool and process for using objectives and key results in your business. At the end of the day, in business, we're going to fall over many, many times and doing doing things in business is ultimately quite scary. In fact, being an entrepreneur is one of the most scariest things, if not the scariest thing I've ever done. I mean, sometimes you wonder if you're going to make enough money to see you through the year. Sometimes you might lose money on projects because of challenges or issues you might have or problems in the, problems with staffing. Sometimes your marketing may be well-intentioned, but you might miss the mark. And then sometimes you think that you are targeting the right people, but you're actually not. So there's a lot of things that you need to think about when it comes to business, but ultimately falling over is something that is bound to happen to many of us as it has happened to me. Ultimately getting up and pushing on or starting again like I did is a really important part of the healing process as getting back up can help you hopefully learn and leverage from those past mistakes. There's no doubt that I will fail many more times before I succeed. But with great leaders to aspire to, mentors I work with and a great team supporting me, I get to lead and be the entrepreneur that I always wanted to be. And I hope that you get to continue that journey with me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We welcome any feedback. Please let us know by going to www.agilemanagementoffice.com forward slash agile ideas. You can also find us on most social media channels by searching agile ideas or follow me on LinkedIn. Thank you for listening. Please share or rate this if you enjoyed it. I hope you've been able to learn feel, think, 
or be inspired today. Until next time, what's your agile idea?